For anyone out there who thinks their company chats are private, think again. Leaked intel from Amazon suggests that employee chats won't just be monitored going forward, but may actively be censored. Let's talk about the 40-some-odd phrases allegedly banned in the company's new pilot program and what it means for the rest of us. Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. Before we dig into today's topic, I wanted to talk about the kind of show we are, or maybe a better way to put it, what we're not. So from the time John and I came up with the idea for The Big Balance, we said we didn't want this to be a politics show. At least on my side, my feeling is it's work-life balance is important regardless of who you vote for. So it's politics aren't necessarily a critical element and can only really be devices. Devices, Jesus. Divisive. <laughs> we're not a book review pod. We're not a music review pod. We're not a politics pod. I think we call out all the time what we're not. My, my favorite, you know, as far as big balance bingo is we're not an x or insert word here pod if we ever get merch that should be the merch like the big balance not a politics pod or not a music review pod it's like what is it that's the mystique that's the angle you got to go and listen there you go right hey if any listeners out there want to design a, a shirt for us we'll give you a free one for <laughs> it and then pay you an exposure there you go. oh god don't oh dirty words dirty words as content <laughs> creators we're ideating right now on the fly too because you know what there's another topic there you go being paid an exposure Ugh. doesn't work in any other industry except the creative endeavors yeah that's a whole that's a it's more than an episode on that if we wanted to go that route certainly that's a series. But going back to today's topic, why do I bring politics up? Well, there's a few key concepts in today's episode that I don't want to call them political, but I'm going to say they push right up against the boundary of a political conversation. Ah, communications technology it used to be used as a tool that gave us greater accessibility to our coworkers. However, some company practices threaten to turn this tech freedom into a weapon by monitoring what we say. I don't care where you work or what your job is, you should be concerned about the implications here. And if you need me to connect those dots for you, consider this. In the 20 or so seconds I just spent speaking, I would have been censored five times under a pilot program Amazon allegedly has in the works to not just monitor, but actively censor employee chats. We don't have to spend too much time wondering why here and why now. If recent stories in the news don't make it clear to you already, here are three more words on that no-fly list that paint a pretty good picture. Compensation, representation, and unions. When we talk about tech advances making life easier or more efficient, you have to remember, there's a downside when those advances benefit bosses at the expense of workers. So, John, I did come to a realization earlier, and that's we are rapidly developing a, I'm going to call it a history of being Luddites on this show. And I don't know if you've noticed that same trend as me. Being, I'm sorry, being what? Luddites. Okay. We are well, frightened and angered by technology on well, this show. One thing that I do want to call out, and 
just in the very beginning, I've been thinking about it since you said it, but one thing that is now the buzz buzzword, I guess, is unified communications as a service. Brian, have you heard this one yet? I've heard unified communications, not as a service. Well, guess what? That's what Zoom does now, and I, I've got to work on some of those agreements, and those have been nothing but oh, fun. Oh, nice. But it's basically... We'll do an episode on it. Yeah, well, it's it's lumping all of your, your comms, so your phones, your meetings, your instant messaging services, lumping them all together, and then selling that as a cloud-based service. Now, we, we had an episode so, on unified communications. Uh, it was February 15th, actually. Wow, well, look at that. Yeah. You had that at you had that at the ready, and I don't know if that's always the case. <laughs> well, no, I actually for this episode, I did go back and check how many times we talk about technology, and it's never positive. I thought we, I mean, technology is supposed to make life easier. You figure that's good for a, a work life balance, not for us. We have about fifty episodes under our belt right now. About ten percent of those talk about tech in a very bad light. We started back in episode three, talking about our time being tracked and analyzed, and how it was weird that. Microsoft knew what we were doing and how effective we were. Remember that? I think it comes from a cynical point of view, but also I can't live without tech. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it's always the worst thing in the world. I don't like the big brother aspect of it is what it is. Buckle up then because that's uh, again, we're going to do a tech episode and it's going to be very big brother. So we're going to again broach some semi-political topics as we get going into today's episode. So in the spotlight today, again, is Amazon, not for their despair closets, not for all the requiring workers to basically have to pee in bottles because they don't get adequate breaks. There's been some internal documents recently surfaced that talk about alleged censorship of workers in a new pilot program that hasn't rolled out, at least not yet. John, have you heard this news? I only heard about it. Re- I think it only happened earlier this week, the week that we're recording, which would be what what day is it? I don't even know what day it is. It's the seventh. I think this happened on Monday. Yeah, no. It, it, so by the time this airs, it'll be somewhat old news. But yeah, I, I think I saw it around the yeah. same time. So for those who don't know about this, what happened last week for you, this week for us, there's a pilot program that centers on a company chat platform. The idea at least was good. It was to help boost morale and satisfaction by giving people a platform to give shout outs to their peers to, you know, get say kudos, job well done. And I want to pause there for a second, Sean, and get your take. How do you feel about those things? Do you like that kind of accolade system? Uh, <laughs> I feel the same way. Is, 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 that, is that a good enough it's response? definitely right? a good uh, enough response. That's actually a great accolade to give in one of these projects. Just type random keys into your Just, keyboard uh, no i i honestly hate the whole idea of it. i like being recognized i think you know that i try to give kudos to people that help me but i feel like it needs to be organic right and these programs it always feels just forced right and some companies actually do force it say you have to give this many shout outs a month or, or you're not engaged enough I've seen some companies do like a whole social media angle to it too. I don't know what they called it, but like an intranet social media site for your coworkers. Yeah. I, I have you ever worked in one of those type of scenarios? I have not. I, I think that's actually what Amazon's plan might have been, kind of that holistic social media atmosphere, but within the confines of Amazon. I had exactly. So I worked for an organization that did something very similar, and this was. I guess at this point, going back five years ago. So who knows what this 
tool or this this site looks like now but i remember it being very not user-friendly kind of dated and you didn't really i didn't have a lot of connections in my role so it was basically just this echo chamber of like so and so recognized so and so here's a thumbs up so and so recognized so and so here's a star it was just this weird back and forth of accolades for the sake of getting in the the actual feed like so people knew you were doing it it was so yeah, performative I, I hate, honestly i kind of am starting to hate linkedin for the same reason it's just it's all it's all fluff it's all stuff no nobody who posts on linkedin acts like that in real life. I, at least I hope not. God help the person who talks in real life like they post on LinkedIn because their spouses, their significant others probably hate them. They'd be insufferable people in real life. I have met people who are like that. It is a bit off-putting because it always feels like scheming and gaming and and trying to get a leg up and it's just weird. But no, I, I've met people who are like that and they do exist, Brian. Well, back to Amazon at least they had good intentions with this thing. But on the other side, we know what the road to hell happens to be paved with. At the surface level, Amazon had a good idea that just, I think, started going a bit south, still with good intentions, but then kind of hit a couple political roadblocks. So the plan was always to screen out offensive language because they wanted to have this only be a positive experience, right? They didn't want to have negative comments from one worker to another on there, right? So no FU Jeff Bezos posts. I do want to say real quick that I am very liberal with some of my French, we'll call it, uh, when I'm, I'm talking with coworkers. So part of me is like, yeah, I understand the angle to be positive, but at the same time, here you go, Brian, have fun with editing this. I use the phrase and some bullshit all the time. Like, it's like, oh, we'll do that and some bullshit at the end of it. You know, like saying, like, I'll just add some things to the end of the document or add some things to the PowerPoint. So, yeah, no, I, I guess I would have to watch myself in the confines of Amazon's instant messaging system. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a stranger to cursing and I'm not against it either, even in a, a business context honestly it doesn't bother me but i get that amazon would want to do that it makes yeah, sense it's fair but let's look at some of the other allegedly banned words and phrases that eventually made it onto this list and tell me john if you hear a pattern here compensation and pay raise grievance petition ethics and fairness injustice representation and of course the word bathroom. Of course, they had to throw the word bathroom on this list, given everything you always hear about peeing in bottles at Amazon. But is this specifically for the corporate employees or do plant workers have access to this platform, this system as well? And how often are those people actually using like a Teams or a Zoom in their day to day where they're communicating with their coworkers? That's a good question. And I have to imagine this does extend out to the warehouses and the fulfillment facilities just because the words that were banned on this list, about 40 some odd words on this list, a lot of them aren't about offensive language. A lot of them are a lot more about unions and it's those facilities that are working to unionize, right? And that's why it's inevitable that this topic is going to be political in nature. Yeah. And actually, why don't we take a second and step back? Not that I think anybody listening wouldn't be aware of news around Amazon workers' efforts to unionize, but in a nutshell, 
A lot of places want better pay, better hours, safer conditions, and these are all standard things that unions fight for. Not surprisingly, companies don't like when unions are formed because those standards tend to cost money. So somewhere along the line of developing this chat platform, some execs at Amazon realized, hey, if we have an unrestricted platform, maybe they're going to use this to say things we don't like. All the news we have about Amazon workers trying to unionize, many unsuccessfully, but some very recently successfully in a very David and Goliath fashion, it seems like not a good idea, but a kind of a natural idea for a tone-deaf exec to make. Part of me, outside of the moral stance that I take there, this just feels so Orwellian almost to where they're monitoring things that we're saying. And now I can't even have conversations freely with my coworkers. And I guess it's kind of a, a specific school of thought to assume that, yeah, I'm not there to have a good time. I'm not there to make friends. I'm there to work. So you are eliminating distractions at that point from that tone deaf exec's point of view. I don't know, though, because it's look, we all have cell phones. We all have chat apps on our phones can all call each other it's not like people don't have a method to get in touch with each other right so it's i guess i see what you're saying but at the same time it's not even putting a band-aid on a crack in a levee it's it's putting a band-aid on a gate that only goes 10 feet to the left or right of you right it's like i can just walk around this very easily so what's really the point and and it's probably it's not a solution that solves it for them, but it is an extra hurdle that somebody has to go through. It's like, hey, if I really want to go and do this, I now need to make the extra effort to get this person's phone number or find a way to chat with them. So at the very least, you're discouraging the ease of access, I guess. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird, I, I mean, let's put it this way. I don't feel strongly about this, and I just think it it is an angle to consider as far as the rationale. I definitely don't agree with it. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Now, Amazon did say that this had nothing to do with unions at all, and I I flat out don't believe them. I'm going to read a response that an Amazon spokesperson had to say about this towards the end of today's episode, but I think, John, we're both in agreement that it's a little bit coincidental that these specific words were chosen at this specific time in history where unions seem to be making a bit of a comeback, right? Yeah, it's I can't remember what the saying is, but it's something along the lines of I don't believe in coincidence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, since we're going hard into politics today, or at least we mentioned it. Where do you stand on unions? And you and I don't really have a lot of political conversations, even personally. So it's kind of a, a new direction for us to go. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Growing up, uh, my father was a union painter. So I have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly about unions, I would say. On the whole, I think there's a lot that we attribute to unions in our modern workforce. Even us as corporate workers, I think, have the benefit of people before us establishing you know, realistic working hours and things like that. So, yeah, I'm for them uh, in, in theory and practice. And like anything, there's things that have made it more bureaucratic and a little bit more, uh, I guess, incestuous maybe. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> with what they do. I have, I, I've kind of had an interesting, not relationship with unions. I've never been in a union or, or been adjacent to one. Outside of my ex-father-in-law, a lot of my political opinions, at least over the last couple of years, have been kind of flipping a little bit. 
And I think unions are one of them for me. Now, let me tell you a story about my ex-father-in-law. He was in a union as well. He was an electrician for uh, the post office. I remember him telling me a story one day where a couple of mail deliverers, or mail carriers, I guess, a couple of mail carriers were delivering, decided to have a few beers at lunch, had a few too many, and just got too drunk to drive and just decided to go home at uh, about one o'clock in the afternoon. Mail route's not done. Well, they couldn't be fired because they were in this union, and the union worked really hard to protect them legally. So my ex-father-in-law's position was, I work hard every day of my life. Why are my union dues going to pay towards defense of these two knuckleheads that decided to get drunk in the middle of the day? And I feel like that's a really great example of how unions can be a bad thing. But the more I think about it, and especially more over the last few years, that's a, that's a small exception. I think the much bigger thing is workers across the country statistically are making less now than they did decades in the past. Costs of goods keep going up, despite the fact that we keep hearing, oh, if we raise wages, then costs will go up too. Well, costs are going up without us raising any wages, so maybe that's not the problem we think it is. So I've really flipped personally. I, I think Somebody needs to come to defense of workers. If workers can band together to be more competitive with each other, that negotiation leverage, why wouldn't they do that? So this is one of those political conversations that I've I've kind of flipped myself. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty pro union at this point because I think they're kind of necessary right now. I think there's a couple layers that I do want to kind of peel back a little bit there too because we've talked about our roles and what we do in the past and a lot of our responsibility is kind of risk aversion and things like that. What I really think of in that scenario that you described is sure that's uh, more the exception than the rule but that union is there more for protections than anything else. <laughs> We're trying to avoid any risk for all of our union uh, brethren, or I, forget, I don't know what the real term is, but for all of the folks who are members of the union. Unionistas, yeah. I think is the word. <laughs> we have these two knuckleheads who did that, but then we also have somebody else on the other end of the spectrum who is let go unjustly, unfairly, and needs to have that leverage and that power. Well, unions, all they're doing is establishing buying power for themselves. We know firsthand, Brian, you and I, the the power that collectives and groups of different people and people opting into a program, they can leverage more holistic buying power by doing that. And I don't see anything wrong with that. That's just kind of a consequence or a side effect of the fair market. And so be it. You know, let it happen. Very libertarian, right? Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And let's also recognize, and I, I know I'm going to way oversimplify this, but let's recognize for anybody that says unions aren't really necessary. Again, this is a company that puts more time and effort into depression closets than it does trying to give workers breaks. And they're peeing in bottles. If you feel forced to urinate in a drinking container because you can't get to a bathroom fast enough, I think you're in a position of relatively little power that, yeah, you do need some, some protection. You do need some help. And that is exactly why the union's important. What if this all, like this whole like peeing in the bottle thing that we keep referencing was done because somebody made the decision that they preferred to do that as opposed to they were they needed to because of the how the demands from the job. They were just like, eh, I don't feel like it. Next thing you know, Amazon gets this whole bad rep. That would be quite the spin. I don't think it's very likely. 
but it would be pretty funny. So basically, you're talking about the Amazon equivalent of Howard Hughes. Um, Howard Hughes. Oh, because he just like preferred to pee in bottles. He was a crazy. Remember, you, what you, was that movie? It was, it was a movie. Yeah, the Aviator. Yeah, the Aviator. <laughs> he became so reclusive and agoraphobic that he like wasn't leaving this room while he was editing a film or something. If I'm remembering it correctly. Well, in any event, so I, I yeah, it's this is one of those things. I'm all for it. Not peeing in bottles. I mean, uh, the, the <laughs> yeah, you're all for it. Yeah, uh, the the that's what I'm doing right now as we're recording. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm spending too much time drinking beer, not enough time taking breaks. Actually, now that I think about it, we never actually took a break in this episode. I'm almost done. Oh wow! I thought I thought we were coming up to the break, folks. Guess what? This is a new version. This is a no we break have episode. No apparently. break because we have no sponsors or ad space. No, I, I liked having the breaks just as like a chance to like reconnect and and basically uh, talk yeah. myself like, oh, we did a good first after on, <laughs> you know, like it's it's useful for <laughs> yeah. me. The break is more for us, so we can pat ourselves on the back and say, wow, yeah, great job, good yeah. job, John, good job, Brian. So to close this out, like I said, I do want to quote an Amazon spokesperson and what they had to say about all this. They did end up saying that this platform might not even see the light of day, but I think a lot of that was just because of the initial backlash. I don't think they ever had plans to scrap it early on, but uh, here's what they have to say. Our teams are always thinking about new ways to help employees interact. This particular program has not yet been approved and could change significantly or even not be launched at all. If it launches at some point down the road, there are no plans to screen many of the words mentioned. The only types of words that can be screened are offensive or intimidating words, which are intended to harm our team. Now, I don't buy that. I think Amazon has been very clear in their actions over the last couple of years that they don't want unions, and they've spent a lot of time and money and energy trying to prevent workers from voting to unionize, which just until very recently was successful. In New York, there was a grassroots movement with a little tiny $120,000 budget that did successfully get a Staten Island Fulfillment Center to unionize. So I don't know. The tides are turning a bit. And one thing we know, if things aren't going well from a strategic playbook, if you have the money, you have the resources, you pivot, you try other things. And I know that's what they were trying to do with this platform. It might not have started that way, but it's definitely ending up that way. Well, let's put our tinfoil hats on for a second. They're already monitoring the chats. The only thing that's different here is they're going to actively censor or edit these chats, right? So, yeah, we're we're already in uh, a quasi-dystopian future where uh, Big Brother's watching us. I think the only difference here is a more proactive approach from the Big Brother. Yeah, I I mean, I guess it's the difference. Would you rather somebody, you know, come up and spit in your face or would you rather get spit in your face and not know who did it? That's a, so <laughs> that's one of my weirdest uh, analogies I've ever that's made. It's a weird dilemma to have. Yeah, honestly. I'm just I, I'm picturing like spit like coming down as opposed to somebody just doing it right in your face. Like somebody like above you, like at a concert or something. I don't know. It sounds awful. Yeah, it does. Something that you, you said that kind of made me think of something, though. Not anything to do with spit. I'm that's not thinking about spit. Uh, but the whole idea of the difference between just straight up monitoring versus censoring. Something else I see as a potential benefit to Amazon, not to the workers under this new platform. If you think you're being monitored, that's always just a passive thought in your mind. Even if your company says, hey, we reserve the right to monitor you, it's still not something that you might think about day to day. But I'm wondering, this censoring, if it's a live thing going on, like you write 
F Jeff Bezos in a chat and you automatically see the whole thing censored. That makes it feel like it's a lot more present. It's a lot more active in your life. And that alone, the physical censorship, the, the fact that a word you typed was automatically removed might make you think people are watching a lot more closer than they actually are, right? Yeah, when really all it is is just a software. If anything, in in that scenario, there was some type of code that made the decision to monitor that or to censor it, I should say, whereas the other scenario, the one that I think is happening right now, is that they can pull that up whenever they want. And I don't think that this functionality would be you know, taken away, but basically it's usually done in a scenario to where there's some type of repercussions or reprimand, or they need to basically find evidence that you were doing something against code of conduct or something. So they'll pull up your chats to say, look, yep, you did do it. Here's the proof. I don't know. I haven't been in a room with HR when that happened, but I know I've, I've spoken with people who, who have, and it does happen that way. They can pull it up after the fact, and that's when they do it. And the last thing I want to say here is there's another part of a lot of corporate strategy when it comes to phasing in things that are generally pretty unpopular, and it's to, for better or worse, deflect, maybe offer a few apologies, maybe redact a little bit, kind of like this Amazon spokesperson did, but ultimately, you let it sit there, and you let it get normalized, and eventually people stop talking about it, and you get your way, you get it in place. So... If I had a call to action to anybody out there, it is really this. When you hear things like this, when you see things like this going on, you're going to have outrage early on, but don't really let that fall away either. Keep bringing these things up, you know, in your circles, make people aware of stuff like this going on. When companies do bad things or treat their people badly, they're hoping that our attention spans are as short as our memories are. And that they're going to get away with it as long as they just ride out the storm. So if we want to see things change, we need to take action based on this. So if you're looking for a job with Amazon, maybe now's the time to look elsewhere if you have the opportunity. Maybe don't buy that uh, new light switch from Amazon. Go buy it from Home Depot. Not that their practices are probably any better than Amazon's are. But if we want things like this to not happen, it's going to take more effort than just being mad for a week and then forgetting. Because I guarantee in two months' time, this will be an app that Amazon workers are using. And it could very well quash some future unionization efforts before they really start. Brian's either calling to galvanize us or to radicalize us. So either or, uh, don't let this shit stand. <laughs> I, I feel like I am headed that way on this show a lot. Like the, when this show started, I'm like, this is going to be a happy little podcast where I'm saying happy little things to help people get along better in their day. And the last, actually, I'm going to say all year, right? So the, the, the last few months I've been, this is what's going wrong in the world. And this is what you need to do to fix it. And that's, that's not at all what we came here to do, but this is what I'd seem to be doing. I want to talk about this today just because it was top of mind and it's in the news, and I thought it was a pretty interesting thing to have happen, and I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes from here. I'm also interested to see these unionization efforts. Is Amazon going to continue piling up losses? To lose in Staten Island to a $120,000 grassroots movement led by a guy that you fired from your warehouse months before. I, I, that's it's it's a significant enough story. Look, America loves a David versus Goliath story, right? And this is a significant happening. I wonder if it's the tide turning. I don't know. 
Everybody loves an underdog story is what it is. Everybody does. I do want to touch on the fact that I think we're, we're, we're coming up close to a full year of doing this, right, Brian? Yeah, we are uh, two months away. Yeah, 50 episodes under our belt, you said, right? Yeah, I think we launched mid-June, I want to say. Well, I guess uh, we'll keep an ear out for any changes in the future because uh, a year in, do we still do it the same way? Are we having a state-of-the-pod conversation in the future? Find out next week and more on the Big Balance Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time. Pizza, pizza party, and tacos.